Do you ever feel small in the scheme of things? How can we not? Now, this is Saturday, December 16th, and we're continuing in our Advent series on joy. And this week, the theme is the joy of mattering to God. That is true. Our world seems so very large, and our moment in history is just that. It's a moment. This must have been how Mary felt living in Galilee, having an uncertain future. She must have wondered what, the, what, what would happen to her few people in the years ahead. She wondered what would happen to her. The land of Israel had been unstable for hundreds of years. They'd been occupied by the Greeks and the Romans, not to mention the Babylonians and Persians who also had control of their land many years before. It is said in our country there are two types of people. There are those of us who are the vulnerable class, and there are the protected class. The protected class feel little or no pain when a recession comes. They have plenty of resources, enough to protect them from the bumps and bruises of the economy. Then there's the vulnerable class, and they're just that. They feel every dip in the economy and often feel they're on the edge of survival. They wonder if they will have resources for tomorrow and even if they will have enough for today. In the time of Mary, she was from the vulnerable class. Now, Mary's story is a beautiful one. God lifts her from her humble station and exalts her with a mission that stretches back to the promises God made to Adam and Eve and to Abraham, the man of faith. The prophets spoke the word that came to be fulfilled in Mary. But even Mary notices her story in another woman of old. The name of that woman was Hannah. Hannah lived at the time recorded in the book of Judges, a time when there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Does this time sound familiar? Hannah was married to a man named Elkanah, but Elkanah had two wives. The other wife could have children, but Hannah had no child of her own. She felt like an outsider in her own family, and she began to lose hope for her future. But she went before the Lord and prayed, asking God for a child. She pledged that when the Lord answered her prayer, she would give that child up to the service of the Lord all his days. The Lord indeed did answer her. And our scripture reading today is Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving that became a song of praise. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There, was, there is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly, or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. Now her song sounds in some parts a bit like Mary's song. No doubt Mary had heard the story of Hannah, and that's why she echoed the heart of the woman who had lived more than a thousand years before she did. This was fitting because Mary's story is one that so many other women are familiar with. For example, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, could not become pregnant. That is, not until she was well past 
childbearing years. Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife, also could not have children. For women in the ancient world, children could provide them with status and survival, so to lack a child was to be in great need. You see, once a woman's husband was gone, she would have to rely on her children. Also, to bear children meant that the family farm could grow and thrive. Children were ready-made workers and able to share in the family business. Hannah says in her prayer, In the Lord my horn is lifted high. The horn was used as a metaphor for strength at the time. She is saying that she who was weak is now strong because of the grace of God. God has lifted up her strength. She felt small and insignificant as Mary had, but God loved Hannah and blessed her with a baby. That boy, she named him Samuel, and he became one of the most important prophets of his time, used by God to guide the nation through turbulent decades of strife. He is the prophet who anointed King David and was used by the Lord to help thrust David into his leadership. In Hannah's words, we hear the same surprise of joy that we've heard in Mary, how she discovered that God heard her prayer and answered. Now this week, we've looked at the joy of mattering, how God gives us significance we cannot find in any lasting way in our world. I like the way psychologist Richard Beck explains the way we receive this significance. He said, So mattering has to come to us externally as a gift, as something beyond and more real than your doubts and questions. Mattering isn't constructed, it's accepted. Mattering isn't a prize you win, it's a truth to be received. Mattering is like gravity. Questioning its existence is possible, but pointless. Similar mattering can't be questioned, otherwise it wouldn't be mattering. Sure, you might doubt it, but still, you matter. Mattering is simply the truth. You see, Hannah could not make herself matter in the world. At the time, she was, as Mary was, a nobody, really. But we are told her story to prepare us for Jesus and the gift of God's grace that Beck is speaking about in that quote. You see, we matter before God because... God has chosen to look upon us. It's his love and grace. God gives us a place in his plan, as he did with Hannah. We do nothing to deserve it. God gives us our significance freely. And he does this through the work of Jesus, through the cross of Jesus. And this is why we rejoice at Christmas. Let's pray. Help us to understand your grace, Father and to rest in the meaning and purpose that you provide to us in Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen.